Dialogues, a show that features narratives from everyday people and their journey towards learning a language. I'm your host, Milo Falcone. Hey, and welcome back to Catnap Dialogues. In today's show, I have Erwin from Costa Rica. Costa Rica is a small country located in between Nicaragua and Panama. It's located north of Panama and south of Nicaragua. Despite common belief, this country is not an island, but it's still surrounded by the Caribbean Sea and Pacific Ocean. But anyhow, let's get this interview started. Nice. So my name is Erwin Taylor Forbes. I'm from Costa Rica. Uh, I have a dual citizenship, actually. So I have a. I was I was born in the U.S. I just had no idea until my grandmother at 15, I think 14. She was like, "Hey, it's time for you to go home." And I'm like, "Yeah, I live right there." She like, "She, I mean, America." So I was like, "Sure." Like, are you gonna take me? She's like, "Yeah." Like, I'll bring you because you belong in America. Because uh, I actually had a U.S. citizenship in Costa Rica. So I was born in the U.S. Uh, in Queens from zero, zero to three, I was in the U.S. And then I went to Costa Rica with my mom and I didn't come back till I was like 15, 14 turning 15. Uh, so I had no idea I was even American. I kept hearing people say, oh, you're American and gringo and Yankee. But I had no idea what those those things meant because I'm barefoot and shirtless with everybody else. So I'm like, you know, what's the big deal about being American? I didn't really understand that because I was in the environment. I had no recollection of being in the in the U.S. So my grandma said, hey, you belong. And when I came to the U.S., I actually got the Costa Rican citizenship by going to the Costa Rican consulate. And it was super easy. They was like, ah, oh, your mom and dad were born in Costa Rica, your grandma's school. So here you go, you're Costa Rican. So I have a dual citizenship because of that. Uh, I went to Samuel J. Tilden High School. That's where I ended up going not the best of schools, but my grandma had no idea. She doesn't know what a good high school is and what it's not. So that's why I ended up, I finished that and I went to BMCC, which is Borough of Manhattan Community College. Then I finished that and I went to Hunter College. And I play soccer, I box, I love running. And I currently am a Spanish teacher in high school, for a high school, a charter school in Williamsburg. Now, you may be wondering why I'm interviewing, quote, an American. So let me tell you why. Erwin was raised in Costa Rica. He did not grow up in America. Though cases like his are not unheard of, they are becoming more and more common nowadays. And because of this, I thought it'd be interesting to ask him where he thinks he's from. Oh man, that's always a really odd question because I have a super crazy accent. Like my accent is ridiculous. It's like what you were saying. Uh, I didn't, I didn't even learn no English when I came to America. Like I had to, I was an ESL student, an English as a second language student. I learned English in school, literally. So, I mean, the U.S. is foreign to me. Like when I came here, the U.S., the culture was foreign. And, you know, it's race and nationality and language and you know there's black americans or african americans and they have their own culture and their own way of doing things and their own way of socializing and social norms and uh, and then we have like white americans and 
they have their own social norms and their own ways. Uh, then you have Hispanic Americans and Asian Americans and everybody has their own culture. And I sound different from everyone. So I landed in a Caribbean and Black American kind of school. So they, they always ask me, what are you? Because they just hear me speak and, and I sound Jamaican, but I speak Spanish and I'm just killing them. They, they, they're just like, I don't know where to place you. So they always say, what are you? Uh, I, I usually say I'm from Costa Rica. Like that's what I consider my hometown because um, uh, I grew up playing soccer there, surfing there, hanging out with my friends here. But I've been in America now the equal amount of time that I've been in Costa Rica. So it's like both of them are pretty much, I got my education here. So I guess I should say I'm American now, but I always think of myself as Costa Rican in terms of my heritage or my family background. And, you know, my family is actually originally from Nicaragua, but Nicaragua has a history of civil wars. So they fled to Costa Rica and then they came to the US. So really my roots are in Nicaragua, like my family, original roots, yeah. Like the native, the native people from Nicaragua is my family is from my mother's side. And my father's side is the European kind of side of Nicaragua, but they all fled to Costa Rica and we've just been here ever since. But I think Costa Rica will be my home, what I'll consider like where I'm from and what I am. <laughs> you sound so unsure. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, it's just weird because like, what I am, what are you? I got that so much, it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, even when I met you at first, I thought like, well, he has an accent, but he, I don't, I can't place the accent, right? And the thing is, I, so sad, right? I think I talked about this in uh, BMI, mm -hmm. uh, where I hadn't really engaged with more Black and African Americans which I only engage with the ones in, in the South mm -hmm. and everybody from the South is from the South. Like okay. you rarely see anybody else from the Caribbean or from Belize or for that matter, Afro-Peruvians, right? <clears throat> so it's so sad that when I got there, I was like, I was shocked. I was like, wow, <laughs> he speaks Spanish. I felt like one of those like old, like Latina grandmas who are like, oh my God, Morenito habla español. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, I was, and I saw, I felt so guilty, you know, because I've also been on this journey of uh, rediscovering my own roots. And my mom's actually Afro-Peruvian, my grandpa's black. So, you know, but I've been taught all my life that, oh, at least in Latin culture about colorism and, you know, all that fun stuff. Yeah. You know, like my grandpa used to say, I'm not black. I'm just really tan. You know, I'm like, wow, grandpa, way to go. <laughs> If you see my grandpa, I'll show you a picture later. He looks yeah. like Martin Luther King, okay? Like, he's black. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I, I couldn't deny my, uh, even in Costa Rica, so a lot of people say, oh, they hear me speak Spanish. So you Spanish? And that is not accurate, right? Because it's like, that's like me coming to America, learning English, and you speak English. You're from England? You're English? Like, that would be ridiculous. Right, that doesn't even make sense. Um, you know, so everyone that spoke English, I was, oh yeah, you're English. Like that doesn't, that's not accurate, right? Uh, so, you know, but in Costa Rica, we don't call ourselves that. Like in Latin America, we don't say, you Spanish? You Latino, you Hispanic? No, but there is such a thing as white. There is such a thing as black. There's such a thing as a native or Indio. Right, like we, we mulatto, mix, all these different things. Colorism is extremely important. I, I think that racism in America is just blatant, like it's in your face. Like you will know 
that race matters here. And in other places, or at least in Costa Rica, speak of, uh, it, it's, it's important. Like, it's really, people really point it out to you. Like, oh, Monita, hola, Espanol, and all these different things. Like, it's referring to your color, literally. Uh, so my mother is super, super dark. Like, she's, like, dark, like midnight. Like, you know, you can't see any scars. You can't see anything. Like, she got that beautiful, you know, you know me, I'm, I got like spots on my face and all that. Like she has none of it. It's just, uh, and my dad is white, like, well, he's Costa Rican, right? So he has the long Jesus hair and, and the beard and, and all that. So people, when people say, that's your dad, like, that's crazy. Like, it, so I just a combination of the two, but because I'm this color, this caramel color, people still consider me black, even in Costa Rica, it's like, oh, like, yeah, so like you're black to us. And it's like, okay. And my hair is like coarser than my brother's hair. And it's just like, you know, it's like always been a weird thing for me and race and color and where I am and who I am. And it's just, it's just, I'm such, it's such an eclectic uh, being that is a bit weird. Because in, in Limon, I grew up in Puerto Limon in Costa Rica and it's the black region of Costa Rica. So it's the side that's connected to Panama and even if you hear Panamanians speak is Spanish, they're like, oh, vamos a ver las guiales. Guiales is not a Spanish word. That's a Jamaican Caribbean saying to really address women. Like, oh, look the guial de. And like, that's a, so guial is not a Spanish word. So they're pretty much Jamaicans that, or Caribbean people that speak Spanish. Like, their culture is so embedded in that, that uh, in the moment we played reggae, dance, we'll speak patois. So black people will speak like Jamaicans English would. And then when, you know, more traditional Hispanic people come around, we'll switch to Spanish. Like, oh, okay, like, yeah. And so it's super interesting the way I grew up. After a while, like uh, the white Costa Ricans in the region will catch up and start speaking just like we did in Patois. So it's really interesting. Unfortunately, more than often, we don't hear about the linguistic complexities that exist in the Caribbean areas. So I'm very grateful for the next piece of information. So it was uh, really, really odd because um, I was raised by a Caribbean lady in Costa Rica. So she, she'll get mad when you come into the house speaking Spanish. Stop that guala guala business. And we're like, well, you're in a Spanish country. Like, what are you talking about? She's like, I don't, me look here. You speak English here. And it's like, she was there for like 50 years and speak, barely spoke Spanish, which was crazy which shows, uh, so in the history of that region in Costa Rica, for what I know, when you were born, if you were born black, you were given a Jamaican passport, actually. You weren't given, a, you weren't Costa Rican. And if you were Indian, you were given an Indian passport. And then one of the presidents came by and said, okay, if you're born here, then you get a Costa Rican passport. So for a while, that was like a prideful thing. Like this is our town and this is like our culture and we protect it very much. So the reggaeton thing, yeah, Panamanians discover that. Jamaica is full of talent, man. Jamaica does not get as much credit as they need to. I have never seen a place so small in the world produce that much talent ever. Like, they're super talented. Like, they have a big influence on many, many cultures. And they're everywhere. Like, there's always, like, a, some Caribbean, like, enclave somewhere. It, whether it's England, Costa Rica, Honduras, South America, here in the United States, was such a small place to produce such influence. It's crazy. Like literally, 
But reggaeton is just Spanish version of reggae. That's all it is. That's why it has reggae and then tongue at the end. It was reggae first. And El General is an artist. If you really want to know like who really put reggaeton on the map, it's El General from Panama. Uh, he uh, what he has man. It's, that's old school. It's old school though. And uh, so my family heritage that I know of is uh, so from my mother's side. My great grandfather was a runaway slave from Jamaica, so he ran away into uh, Nicaragua, and he was in Bluefields. He saw this beautiful Native American woman, and he never left. And he just formed my family, and so I'm like black, well, Caribbean or whatever, or African ancestry, and we have these Native uh, women, and then that's it. They just kept mixing like that, and we ended up going to Costa Rica. So I, I have some. Uh, Jamaican heritage or but it's, it's, it's interesting because like the fact that you have to brand them a runaway slave is really interesting because are you still a slave if you ran away like <laughs> you know like if you escaped it like are you still a slave like even even those concepts are interesting but uh, it's good to know like uh, maybe I could write about that at some point uh, and we need more people to just tell their stories and it's good that you're writing about your story and giving people a platform to speak about their story as well I feel like we don't, we talk about a lot more about Central America, but almost always it's Guatemala, Honduras, mm -hmm. Mexico. And like, I'm tired of hearing about <laughs> I want to tell me about Belize. Tell me about Costa Rica and Panama. Like, tell me about the, the, the Caribbean islands. Like, we don't know so much about them, or at least it's not in mainstream media. And so then when we encounter our siblings from that area, we're like, you feel dumb. I feel dumb sometimes. I feel uneducated. No, you shouldn't. I mean, because <laughs> um, we don't migrate that much. Uh, Costa Rica is actually ranked as one of the happiest places in the world. So there's not much reason for, it's even hard for me to find a Costa Rican restaurant and stuff here in America. Like, it's a, I hear there's a lot in Queens, a lot in Jersey. And I'm still looking to like, okay, like, where can I go find some genuine food? But it's also uh, where I'm from is the Caribbean area. But if you leave that area, it's got completely different culture. Like it's the different breakfast, even the food is different breakfast. There's too much additional uh, Spanish music, et cetera. It's way different. So when they come to our town, they feel like, wow, like this is so different. So even in the country, we feel sometimes like, oh my God, I feel so dumb. I feel so uneducated. I haven't been here, there. I just met this person. So it's okay. Like it happens. Like uh, people are so different everywhere. And I'm just fortunate that I'm able to experience like all these different things. Because now that I'm not poor anymore, I go to Costa Rica and I actually get to enjoy and be a tourist. And it's like, wow, like I can't believe like this is, you know, Costa Rica, like on this on this different scale. It's like I'm visiting the volcanoes and spending different people. And it's like, wow, like even I felt ignorant. I was like, wow, I didn't even know these things existed. So it's okay. It happens. I've never been to South America. I want to go, you know, like Brazil is one of the places that, because um, I'm a big fan of soccer. They're like the best, the most winningest soccer nation in the world. And I hear they just play everywhere and they're just happy and it's just different. I would like to go out there as well. So it happens. So Erwin, you've been in the United States about 15 years now, right? Yes, yes. So you've been 15 and 15 in, in both yeah, countries? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, your native uh, language is? Uh, Spanish, I say Spanish, uh, or uh, and Patois, if that's a language. 
can you explain that a little bit for those uh, who may not be familiar with Patwa or they might have heard about it, but yeah. So based on my understanding, Patwa is uh, is pretty much broken English or um, uh, or English that um, yeah, I will say they call it broken English, but it's a dialect that um, so Caribbean people, whether Jamaican or uh, the other islands actually speak different English, actually. They have a different version than Jamaica. So J Jamaica's its own unique patois. And then you have Trini people who speak their own unique Barbados. Like they, they listen to soca music and, and all of that. Jamaica is like reggae, dancehall. Like I, I will say they're the originators of uh, how we speak in my hometown. It's like Jamaican English. So Jamaicans were underneath the British. So their patois is not based on American English. It's based on British English that it just got broken down into a dialect that they speak. Uh, so some of the words sound British, um, but um, it's just a unique dialect pretty much that they made. So uh, their own, ver they created their own version of English pretty much. It's like they took English and made it their own. So yeah, like they literally was, um, cause it, yeah, it's pretty much they just made up their own thing. And but it's almost you ever heard an Irish person speak English? They don't sound like a British person speaking English. Like they sound but they're they're the same English, right? They're really near each other. But you ever hear Conor McGregor speak? He don't sound like an English guy at all. I sometimes I go hardly understand him. So it's like English has been taken from not just like the Caribbean, but many places like uh um, even Ireland, certain place around those areas like the Great Britain, right, which is England, uh, Wales, and Ireland and that region, and they just turn it into their own thing. And I think in the Caribbean islands, they did the same thing. I'm sure it has some mixture of the African, uh, right, because you know the history is that you know Jamaicans and the Caribbean people were enslaved and brought there, and maybe had to just made up their own dialect so the slave master wouldn't know certain things that was being said. Like, I'm not really sure about the entire history. I just know that it landed where I was and that's just how we spoke, but it's just broken out English. So if you speak slowly, like you could probably get some of the words like, cause I know English speakers in America, they said, uh, they say gal, that's G-A-L. Oh, that, that's a nice gal, right? Like that's like a nice girl. They say gyal, but it's the same thing. It means a girl, gyal. You see that gyal there? Yo, yeah, you're sweet, no? So they just say certain things, like, it's, it's just really interesting. You just took English and just turned it into something. It, it's like, I love Dominicans, they're fantastic, but they took Spanish and just made it into something unique. I don't understand those people. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying, like, I, I can't, when I was, I go through Dominican Barber and he was t telling me, hey, so what do you want? So, quiero esto, esto y eso. He's like, Manin, que tu quieres? I'm like, what is Manin? I never heard Manin in my life. He literally said, I kid you not, Milo. He said, and I hope this is not offensive podcast. He said, that's my nigga in Spanish. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, that is crazy. Like the first time I heard guagua, I didn't know what that was. Oh, I la guagua. I'm like, what is that animal? Like we taking an animal home? <laughs> like, I don't know what that is. Like, what's a guagua? Like, I, I, apparently it could be a car or a bus. Like, they just made it its own thing. We just say bus in Costa Rica. Oh, tome el bus número cinco. And that's that. I never heard guagua in my life. I haven't either. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's similar to like, um, 
just like Jamaican English. Like I still listen to, I understand it because I grew up around it. Uh, I listen to the music, so I listen to reggae, dancehall, everything. I grew up on, um, I, I know everything they're saying. And like you said, it's very, it relates to my life because of growing up poor and, and they talk about that, like social issues and poverty, um, resilience and, you know, and, and then they talk about what's happening in the environment. And sometimes that's not very positive and sometimes it is. So, well, Patos is own dialect. It's, it's very, it's its own unique thing, for sure. Well, see, the, the, word, the proper way to say it is dance hall, but they said dance hall. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, but it's the same thing. It just sounds, it's just a, a unique accent, I think, in English. Wow, that's a lot of information. Now, I wanted to ask Erwin if he thought he had an accent. And this is what he had to say. I definitely have an accent. I've been told to have an accent several times. Uh, I literally got on the phone one time and left a message to someone, right? And I used my best English. I was like, hi, blah, blah, blah. And I thought I was immaculate. I said, yeah, I sounded American. I sounded great. Nobody could tell my accent. I heard my message back and I was like, I can't believe that's me talking. <laughs> And that was my best effort to like remove my accent. So my accent is insane. Like I definitely have a, it's like a weird combination of Caribbean, English, and Spanish. It's that Caribbean influence, I think, that just mixed up with the Spanish. Like with my family members, like when I call them on the phone, we don't speak Spanish. We speak limonense, that's what we call it, like the, or, or own pato. It's like when I call my mother, it's like, yo, ma, wagwan, how did things go? So yo, Medea, you know, we are we are suffer hard, but you know we are going strong. And so it's like that's how we talk. Like, and then when I maybe talk to my dad, it's like, hola pa cómo estás, todo tranquilo. Oh, sí, you know, okay, muy bien, otro día, blah blah. So it's like yeah, I could just kind of navigate both worlds in in you know in a really seamless fashion. So my accent, I have an accent. When I first came to America, uh, I ran track because I didn't make the soccer team, because I was shy, right? I come to America as a new country. I thought everyone's gonna be better than me. I'm thinking, oh my God, like, you know, they were gonna be bigger and stronger and better. Like they're either better than me, they're, they're so much better than me. And you know, I'm so scared and I was so shy, just trying to observe like what's going on. So I didn't make the team, not because of I lack talent, because I ended up being a top goal scorer for like three years in a row after I made the team. So like two years in a row or so. But my Italian cyber coach, uh, Sparsino, was like, go run track. I'm like, man, I'm not trying to run track. Are you crazy? That's like just running laps around. Like, that's not exciting. I want to play some football. <laughs> so he's like, do it because you get in shape. So my first American friends, like, or, or people, friends that I made in America, I made them to track and field. So I, I went out there and I'm scared. So this big, gigantic running back guy, he was short, but he was super stacky. He was my best friend, he was Guyanese, but he's been in America forever. His name was Griff. Uh, we used to call him Griff. And the most gifted athlete I ever seen in my life. Till this day, I never seen somebody that fast that athletic gifted. He should have went to the Olympics. He was that good. And then Kevin. Kevin was like, uh, well, Kevin was Haitian American. We've been in America longer, so they spoke way better English than me. They had no idea what I was saying when they first met me. Zero idea. Every time I spoke, they just laughed. They was like, say that again, say that again. And they just like, ah, like, oh, so like, what you say that again? And I couldn't, like, I sounded, my accent was super strong when I first came here. 
So it got better and better as it started. Um, like I'm super competitive. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to speak the King's English. So I started reading a ton of books and that's how I got into like reading because I wanted to get better at English. So I'm using words like, yeah, I feel ambivalent about this. And they're like, what? You feel what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, and I was like, you know, a state of confusion, you know? And then it's like, just say you're confused, bro. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so it was like, it was super interesting. Like my journey to learning English was, was like, cause I had to like, oh, like, oh, now I'm too advanced. I'm using too, my words are too big now. I have to, I have to like now get a little, um, for lack of a better word, dilute it, water it down a little bit. So, you know, then they have slang and it was killing me. So guys would be like, yo, so we bouncing. And I'm thinking, we bouncing? Damn, so we gonna hop out of here? Like, what are we doing right now? So, but I'm too scared. <laughs> so I'm too scared to say anything because like, I don't want to embarrass myself and say something dumb. So I'm just like, uh, I'm just gonna wait to see what happens. And they just started leaving. I'm like, oh, so that means we're leaving. So bouncing means leaving. Good. <laughs> so they started saying like, just the slang was killing me. So I had to learn English and then learn slang as well. Like it was like, bro, like y'all are killing me right now. <laughs> so my accent was crazy in all forms, especially. I think it got in, I got in a lot less, but I don't think it'll ever go away to be honest. Okay, so how many languages do you speak? Uh, so I speak English. Spanish, if you consider Patois a uh, language, that would be another one. I played soccer with some Brazilian guys, so I know a little bit of Portuguese because it's not that far away from, you know, um, so because I played with them and I had no idea because, you know, like soccer is the most international sport in the world. Like Iraq has a soccer team, right? And Ali. So, and they've been warring forever. <laughs> and they're still, you know, Afghanistan has a soccer team and they've been warring forever. So that's how big and popular the sport is. Um, so uh, Brazilians were great. I used to play by uh, by metal, by the Meadows, by uh, Med Stadium. They have like a bunch of soccer fields out there in Queens. And they were just, I didn't know what they were saying. So I had to try to like really listen. And they would say, Leo uh, Cabeza, which is to race your head. Pateo, which means to shoot. Uh, so it's, it's different things that I was like, okay, cool. And I know obrigado means thank you. A little, so I know a little bit of it. I'm not super fluent, but I love to learn um, more about it. So I think that's, I think Spanish, English, a little bit of Portuguese, and um, Patois. When did you first learn English <clears throat> and so, where? Well, the, the, I always learned broken English. So I knew broken English since I was in Costa Rica. So I, I wanna say, I heard she's either St. Lucian or Jamaican. So the person that raised me was Miss Millie. So uh, I lived, actually, I'm from the most dangerous area in Costa Rica, actually. So I'm from a place called Sinegita, and it's the most, it's literally red zone. Like it's the most dangerous, most poverty stricken, you know, a lot of, it was like a bridge for drugs. And there's no this, like that's where I grew up. Like this is like, like I still love it. That's still my hometown. I have visited there once I came back from America because you know like they know me there like I grew up out there like I'm not in danger because that's my that's my hometown like I'm good this Caribbean Jamaican lady or Sandusian named Miss Melissa she raised me so but she didn't speak any Spanish even though she lived in a Spanish-speaking country uh, but she spoke in English that whole time right in, in her Caribbean version of English so I think that's where I initially learned English from and then I came to America and then I had to like learn American English, right? I didn't know American English when I came here, which is 
uh, how you and I are communicating right now. I consider this American English. Uh, so I learned it formally here. And um, my uh, my academic actually my academic background in Costa Rica wasn't the best either because you know I come from poverty whatever. But I did try to you know they did try to teach me one time in school uh, in English. Uh, you know my name is this and that, but I wasn't very good. So I think in America will be where I really like learn English American English. Now, as per usual, I wanted to ask Erwin if he had ever felt different for the way in which he spoke English. And this is what he had to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I felt different even in Costa Rica because when I went out and was speaking Patois, like people were like, okay, you know, like, I did just turn to Spanish, like, you know, it's like weird. So I, I always was meant to, I always felt different in language in Costa Rica and here. So when I came here, uh, it will see in high school, like, you know, my friends make fun of me. And, but I had mixed results. Like, oddly enough, when I came to the U.S., everyone, every, all the things people hated about me growing up in Costa Rica, they loved here. So, you know, the girls were like, where are you from? <laughs> oh, you speak Spanish? You going to teach me Spanish? And then I knew, like, <laughs> then I knew, like, okay, like, do you like me? Uh, it was super interesting. I, I almost never told the story, but it's funny. I remember this one, one, uh, this one, you know, heterosexual young lady, right, uh, like me, and you know, we we're just talking, like you know, I wasn't even thinking like on like a, you know, sexual level like that. She was, so she's like, you want to come to my house and have cookies and milk? And I'm like, I love cookies and milk, absolutely. <laughs> so she's like, so we walking, you know, she's like, actually, let me stop you right here. We're not going to have cookies. And we're not going to have, I don't have cookies and milk at my house. Like, I just said that so you come home with me. I'm trying to have sex. And you, we could have cookies and milk afterwards. And I was like, oh, okay, that sounds good to me. <laughs> but it was, oh, so I got mixed results, right? Like, I had a super crazy accent. Uh, uh, and it's like, some of my friends hate, you know, made fun of me. But then they were like, oh my God, oh, the girls love him. So this is crazy. And it's like, so I always was made to feel different in some way. Like, I love your accent or, or I like your accent or like, oh man, you sound ridiculous. It's always something. I always felt different. Till this day, people mention my accent, like at interviews, like, where are you from? It's like, uh, I just open up by saying, I'm originally from Costa Rica. So they already know, like, I'm not from here. So I know the question is coming. I know it. Anytime I meet somebody new, I know they're thinking this in their mind and they can't wait to ask. Now, I wanted to ask Erwin which language he preferred to use when he wanted to express himself or when he got angry. Oh, uh, that's tough. That's super tough because um, when I first came to America, it was Spanish only. Like, I get or or the patois, because right, that's what I was used to expressing myself. As I started to like uh, learn, get, after a while, like I was only speaking English, right? I, I went to a university, right, which is higher learning. So I'm writing papers in, in American English and I'm, I'm, you know, expressing myself in American English in class, right? Like, so I started using my Spanish less and less and my Patois less and less, uh, really after I was only a home thing. So maybe if I'm expressing uh, anger or frustration with my family members, I'll just, you know, it'll be, especially in Costa Rica, so, you know, there's a thing that they call the black tax or uh, a minority tax. That means that uh, you always have responsible for some member of your family. 
and you gotta pay and send money back and do all kind of things. It just seemed like part of being part of the culture, right? So, you know, my mom, no this to her, she's still my mom, love her to death, all that. But, you know, like, I'll be sending her money, all that, but after she has kids, oh, the kids need this. And I'm like, oh, like, they're not my kids. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, I'm helping you with it. Hey, my children, like, you gotta go to the dad. Oh, you, you, but we talk in patois with that. Like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, you know how, you know how I'm steering? I was like, well, you know how me steering? So when I have like a thing with them is in that, it really depends on who I'm speaking to, honestly. But if it's to myself now, uh, if I have an issue with my dad who's in Spanish, uh, but if it's with myself and I'm venting, I'm angry or like, you know, in my own thoughts, it's probably American English because I've been using it. It's English now, but it wasn't always so. I also wanted to ask Erwin if he had any fun facts to share about Costa Rica. Let's see. Uh, I'm very connected to, to Costa Rica still because, I mean, I, I'll go back. I even went back to the slums. It's like where I'm from. Like the, my brother was living there and I spent the night there everything because that's where I grew up. Like that's my roots and that's what humbled me like uh, i went to tulum earlier this year in mexico and it reminded me so much of costa rica like the people are so humble and like they don't they, there's not this need for luxury that we have here like here it's not about safety with people i think it's about luxury and in costa rica we're just not like that in costa rica we're just um we're happy whether we have money or we don't like we always you know believe in god and 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 just, you know, have faith in God and, and try to do our best every day to survive and, and even thrive when we can. And we don't really need that much to have fun. So something about Costa Rica that I think people, should, I think everyone should go to Costa Rica at least once in their lifetime. I think it should, Costa Rica should be a bucket list as a, of a place for people to go. Uh, before you die, you must go to Costa Rica, in my opinion, because it's like, a lot of people go on vacations to the islands and which they're amazing like nothing wrong with the islands uh you know to the beach and all that and have a margarita and whatever but i feel like costa rica i know actually that costa rica offers so much more than just the beach because we're not an island a lot of people say like, oh that's number one the first thing i want costa rica is not an island because we're connected to two other countries right so that already <laughs> does not mean <laughs> That means it can't be an island. So it was, oh, you're from the islands? I'm not. I'm connected to two other countries, right? So in the Pacific, there's Nicaragua, and on the Atlantic, is Panama. So an island has to be surrounded by water entirely, like Manhattan, like Cuba, like Jamaica, like Puerto Rico. Those are islands, right? Costa Rica has eight provinces or eight states, right? We cannot be an island. We're huge. So, but when it comes to Costa Rica, you have the beach, you have uh, all the things that the island offers, but we also have the rainforest. It's one of the most greenest places on earth, right? So if you want to see like natural life, wildlife, we have volcanoes, we have uh, so many different things that you can do, like butterfly sanctuary, animal, a variety. There's so many things that you can do in Costa Rica. We have two volcanoes, two ports, and from one of the ports, uh, so we have we offer really everything and some of the happiest people in the world are in Costa Rica like we're the most educated country in Central America uh, we actually rank top 10 in best Spanish-speaking countries etc however you you know like if you drop your wallet people will give it to you all that but there are places that are really really rough and I should probably stay away and we're happy and everything and, but poverty will 
some place have poverty and where poverty is, there's crime in those areas. So just be careful, obviously, and, and navigate. But definitely everyone should go to Costa Rica at least once in their lifetime, in my opinion. Now, you wouldn't think I would leave you without learning another fact, right? Well, a small percentage of Costa Rican population, especially by the Caribbean coast, also speaks Patois or Mekatalyu, which is a English or Creole English similar to Jamaican Creole. There are also some indigenous populations that keep their native languages, specifically the Bribri, Nagobe, Kabekar, Bulgare, and Meliku. I'm sorry if I didn't pronounce that right. I'm trying my best here. Anyways, here's a closing remark from Erwin. Uh, finally, uh, you know, big ups to Puerto Limón, Costa Rica. Uh, shout out to Cieneguita, which is uh, where I grew up originally. Uh, you know, it's, it's always a, a good thing and I can't wait to go back. Erwin, thank you so much for being in my show. Thank you for representing Costa Rica and for sharing your experience as a Black Latino. As always, our show aims for diversity and representation. So thanks. Until next time. This episode was produced by me, Milo Falconi. Music by DJ Young and Sakura. And a classic by El General. See you next time.